Uh, welcome to our first podcast, Let's Pod About It, where we're going to talk about some of the crazy stuff going on in the United States and around the world right now. Uh, my name's Steven. I'm Alia. And let's get started with what today should have been like in a parallel universe. Some parallel universe, you know, Trump found those uh, Comey tapes that everyone was waiting for. Um, it only took him 41 days to find it. Um, and because of that, the House is now investigating him for instruction of justice, hopefully for impeachment, you know, fingers crossed. <laughs> the Republican health care bill uh, that was um, that was postponed by Mitch McConnell is now being changed into a Obamacare uh, glitch fix bill, fixing all the problems that we have with the marketplaces. And we're going to have 22 million more people in health care coverage, not 22 million less. And uh, lastly... Um, Justice Kennedy found the fountain of youth and will keep his seat on the Supreme Court until a Democrat is next elected so he can retire or die then. How convenient. Uh, we're really keeping our fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, but of course... Just wait. Yeah. We're just... We're, can we just pretend like this is real? Stop the podcast right now and, you know, move yeah, on Trump to... Trump is not even president. No. <laughs> but unfortunately, none of that's real. Although we can all hope and dream that it is. But it's fake. Uh, it's a fake news. Fake news. It's parallel <laughs> universe. It's fake news. But in reality, uh, Supreme Court and Justice Kennedy are, with Justice Kennedy, are now back in session. Uh, although rumors are flying around D.C. that Justice Kennedy may be looking to retire, which would mean that President Trump gets to appoint two people on the Supreme Court in his first term, which would be bad. It would be bad. <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, but the Supreme Court is coming back into session. They've picked their cases, and they're going to start hearing arguments. So one of the really interesting cases that they've taken up is the Wisconsin gerrymandering for the districts for the U.S. representatives uh, that are in D.C. So the case pretty much has come all the way up from the Wisconsin lower courts saying that it's unconstitutional to gerrymander districts, and Wisconsin is very clearly doing that. So the Supreme Court is going to have a chance to decide, kind of like the future of our politics, what exactly it's going to be like when it comes to states making their districts. I know here in Florida, uh, we've gone back and forth multiple times with the Supreme Court over our gerrymandered districts, and it resulted in a few Democrats, a few more Democrats winning in our last election. Um, and the Supreme Court is still fighting with the legislator over our districts, because in many states, <laughs> the districts are gerrymandered to make sure that... Uh, Republicans win. And that's not to say that Democrats haven't done this. Because right. we have. Every party's done it. I mean, it's important to have, like, state lines that actually represent people and don't just Rep twist it to seem like... To represent a party. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but other than that, the Trump travel ban has been temporarily put in place. Well, certain parts of it. The, the Supreme Court has put limits on the ban. Uh, so now, it went into effect um, just the other day. And now the bans uh, can go can go into effect for anyone who does not have uh, ties to the United States. And there's a lot of legal drama going on with this. Because although the Trump administration put it in place, uh, states, including the state of Hawaii, are asking the Supreme Court to clarify their terminology. Yeah, how exactly can you say they don't have ties to right. the U.S.? So like, they, are you saying family members? Right, so... Job? The way that the Trump administration interpreted the Supreme Court ruling is that the ties had to be, uh, you know, like you come here if, if you have parents, siblings, step-siblings, children, uh, if you have a tie to a college, university, an organization something like that, but 
but was exempted was like if you're coming here to visit your grandparents that doesn't count coming here to visit your cousins doesn't count coming here to visit aunts and uncles or nieces and nephews doesn't count so what the state of hawaii is arguing is a family tie is a family tie right how can you consider grandparents less important than step siblings how can you how does the trump administration get to make that judgment also how can you like how can you even say it has to be family like what if you don't have family and you're just coming here because of your friends or because you're fleeing persecution right so refugees yeah refugees have a weird status in this and um it's all gonna have to go back to the supreme court supreme court's still gonna hear arguments on the this this is a temporary stay this is a temporary uh, lifting of the ban so that Trump's travel ban can go into place. This does not mean it's over. The Supreme Court still gets to hear the arguments and they get to decide whether or not this ban is unconstitutional or whether parts of it are unconstitutional. And it looks like based off their temporary, uh, the temporary fix that the Supreme Court does believe that this is unconstitutional and that's why they added that protection. So I'm guessing that the Supreme Court... It's not a very big protection. It's not a big protection, but it, in 24 hours, it's the best they could kind of do. Right. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see how that comes out. But this is uh, Judge Gorsuch's first session. He was officially put on the court in his chair with his black robe and all that. His get-up. He's finally there. There's no turning back now. He's he is, really in here. He's really on the Supreme Court now. Um, so we're just going to see, I don't think a lot of people are hoping that he's going to be less conservative. I don't think that's happening. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be just as conservative as we all thought he was going to be. It's kind of like people that were like, oh, maybe Trump is really this nice guy. Yeah. That's I'll wait. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of like the people who are like, oh, Trump's just like a moderate and like he had to do that to win the Republican. And he's actually a Democrat. Like, oh, I'm still waiting. (laughs) Yeah. We're still over here. When is that big reveal? (laughs) Yeah. But speaking of big reveals. The health care bill. Oh, yeah. That was a big reveal. That was... They messed that up, didn't they? I mean, reveal. Like, no. So we it have, wasn't, like, a big, like, revealing, and you're all like, ooh, no. yeah, that's no. so great. No one was really excited to see this. Not even the Republicans were excited oh, to see no, this No, they bill. weren't. They were trying to, like, cover it up. The Republicans were running and hiding from this bill <laughs> if they could po- if they could at all. Um, so this is, this is a Senate bill now. The House obviously passed theirs. We're in the Senate. The Senate has passed this bill from a committee of 12 Republicans. So a very diverse with, sample. <laughs> yes, with Mitch McConnell lead, leading this like little group. Um, this gang. This gang. It's the 12 angry white men. Um, so it was a group of Republicans. I'm not exactly sure how many were always there. We don't know how many were always in the room for these discussions because, you know, no one really got any details. <laughs> and this kind of upset a lot of Republicans because a lot of Republicans, you know, Lashed out. <laughs> like the when Senator Orrin Hatch, who's Senate leader pro tempore, so president pro tempore of the Senate, he got asked a question about the bill. He said, I don't know. I haven't seen it. That is the <laughs> leader of the Senate. He is when the vice president is not in the room. He is the leader of the Senate. And he had no idea what was in that bill until it got released. He was not served any tea. No. And then <laughs> and then Senator. Um. This, multiple senators came out and said, you know, we're not lobbyists, we're not reporters, we're not anyone, we're not going to see this bill until the, Republic, the rest our Republican colleagues want us to see it. Democrats obviously didn't get to see in case that wasn't clear. Yeah, even the Republicans didn't this get is, to see Yeah, no, no one got to see this. This is some really partisan actions. <laughs> and Mitch McConnell's going to pay for it because he cannot get the vote so far. 
Right. He's really struggling. He's, you know, he's right. pushed the date back. He's really hoping that things will change. But and I don't think they will. No. I mean, it's so they are all. No one likes this bill. <laughs> no, no one likes this bill, including Republicans. There was a Fox News poll that I saw. Um, I'm going to pull it up. But there was a Fox pull News up poll, <laughs> which was not good at all. Um, but just to put it into perspective, while I'm pulling up this Fox News poll, um, the PBS, the public broadcasting station, PBS and a group of others released a poll saying that one in five Americans, around 17%, I think, but it was one in five Americans uh, supported this bill. So a lot. So a lot. <laughs> Many. So you get a room of 10 people and only two people in that room are supporting it. Yeah. Which means in states like Florida, Marco Rubio is not getting elected again. It's pretty much what we're saying. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, one of those people. <laughs> Speaking of Marco Rubio, where is he? Where, I mean, we've been searching for a long time now. I got a robo um, call from his office the other day telling me to come out and, like, for some parade. Parade? Uh, I don't think he's making an appearance. This <laughs> like I was Marco like, Rubio parade minus Marco Rubio. <laughs> I, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, did someone, did someone forget to tell the person in the office that Marco Rubio is hiding? <laughs> like, and he doesn't want to be seen? Where is he? No, I don't know. uh, Under the witness protection program currently. (laughs) I haven't seen him. I haven't heard from him. I haven't seen him on TV, which is new. He's usually always there, you know, acting spineless in that little rotunda (laughs) on Fox News with his Fox and Friends. But he's nowhere to be found. He really, he's just not the one right now. He's avoiding all at all costs. It's it's so bizarre to me that senators feel like this is a good idea to just hide from their constituents. Right. I mean, either way, they're not winning. Either they're being yelled at or questioned. Right. Or they can just hide. And it's also looks really bad when you just hide because then it's like we can't even ask you questions. Right. You can't even make up some sort of excuse as to why this is. And, and we're talking about Dean Heller later, who's the Republican from Nevada. We're talking. We have a whole thing on him. Poor guy. A whole thing. Poor guy. He tried to stand up. So Fox News. And let's be like, um, disclaimer. Fox News is slightly biased. In case if anyone here didn't know. (laughs) No, we're not biased at all. But in case if anyone didn't know, Fox News is biased. And in their poll, they say that 27% favor the Senate GOP health care plan as it is. Uh, favor? Like 27% favor? (laughs) 27% favor. That is insane. That 27... Okay. This is the time, like, in comparison, (laughs) when Obamacare was being passed... It was not that popular. Right. A lot of but even that like had a 51% popularity rating at this point. Right. This is not... It can only go downhill, really. So... I mean, and even if they change things, like they've talked about maybe changing the tax cuts, it's still, like, they're going to need to do a lot more. Now, Fox News does have a disclaimer in their article that among... That this poll was for was everyone. They didn't just poll Republicans. But they did have a little part here that says, among Republicans, 51% favor the Senate bill. This is in contrast to 75% that supported the House bill last month. So even so Republicans... Yeah. Supporting it. Oh, my God. Can we do some Republican math real quick? I think even Republicans... <laughs> I think even Republicans know that that's not good. Like, that support is degrading. It's slipping away. Kind of like the mental stability of their president. <laughs> It wasn't there. There's nothing, there's nothing to slip away. Yeah. But so the CBO score, which really kind of put fire to people's feet in the Senate, is that 22 million people would lose health insurance, 
um, and would lose extra support, including exclusions of expanded benefits. So according to the bill, if you're over 65, if you're pregnant. If you're a person. If you're, yeah, if, if you're a person. But if you're over 65, if you're pregnant, or if you qualify for some other titles, other title uh, entitlements which are listed in the bill, then you do not qualify for expanded uh, insurance under this bill, which means that if you're old, pregnant, or pretty much have like a poor family, then yeah. ain't you're not gonna you're not gonna get covered. Like, yeah, pretty much there like isn't a shot. You just you should be a perfect like healthy eighteen year old who has money. Right, and the 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 response from the senators is because like the response from the Republicans, the higher up Republicans is that. People will not. No one needs. You don't need health insurance because you can just go to a public hospital. But that it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Like you need extended. Well, treatment. let me just tell you, the closest public hospital to me is about twenty-five minutes. And not to mention, I mean, you can't just go to the hospital for everything. Right. I can't go there. I can't go to the hospital to get a checkup. Right. And you can't go to the hospital to get like vaccination. Like, you can't go there and the problem with that also is that you end up paying the same amount if not more because if people don't have health insurance then they won't go to the doctor and so then they'll just get really right. sick and, and there's nothing they can do it's gonna be it. more expensive and then you're gonna have to pay the taxes to fund public hospitals that's an that's an amazing point this is my favorite part so this is what a lot of doctors said at the rally in washington dc yeah. Why would you stop preventative treatment that could make something cheaper if we catch it right, soon enough? exactly. But take that away so people have to go to the hospital once it's so bad that they can't live with it? So, like, if someone has a heart condition, like, if you treat it sooner, it's going to cost less. Right. Until and a person has a heart attack, goes to the, to the hospital, and it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah, to the taxpayer. and it's in the hospital for days. Right. So, it, that, it's, it's a logical fallacy. To think that... And Republicans are all about the economy. They're always wanting to save right. money. So. Like, your taxes are going to go up if we have all these sick people showing up to public hospitals. And we day. know you hate the sick people. Yeah. We know you want them gone. Yeah, but we're going to not talk about that for now. But if you're listening to this podcast, make sure that you're calling your senator. No matter what state you live in, I called Marco Rubio's office and didn't get an answer, but it's fine because I Marco called. Marco answered. Yeah, no, no one answered. Not even Marco's assistant. No one. No one answered the phone at Marco Rubio's office. It was just a dead So I tweeted him. I emailed him. I sent him a letter. Well, I'm sending him a letter. It hasn't gone out yet. But I called <laughs> Senator Nelson's office, and they were very nice. And they told me that Senator Nelson, who's our Democratic senator here in Florida, plans to do everything to stop this bill um, or to fix this bill to help Floridians. I also called uh, my senator Ted, or my representative Ted Deutsch's office. I called the representative from my from the neighborhood right next to me, uh, Louis Frankel, called her office. And I even called the Republican representative from our area. You made all the calls. I made all the calls. I made the calls. I made the emails. I made the tweets. But even, really walk in the walk even if they're safe Democrats, even if they're safe Republicans, even if they're anyone, it doesn't have, they don't have to be on the Random fence. person on the street. Any member of the United States government who works in your district or your state Call them, email them, text them. Because if these numbers get high enough where they think, wow, people are holding the feet to our fire, then they will act as they need to act for their voters. And if we just let this slip and go and we lose focus, then it's not going to work. But 
<laughs> Marco Rubio is not going anywhere. He's not doing any town halls. But no. where every single I mean, senator, unless if your senator isn't Marco Rubio, yeah, but your senator, if you're for those of you who don't live in Florida, just go to your senator's Lucky town halls. you, first of all. But a lot of people, a lot of members of the Congress, Senate and House, are going to be avoiding town halls because of this vote. Right. But where everyone's going to be is Fourth of July parades. Oh yes. So America, <laughs> like, find out where they find out where your members are going. Find out where your senators are going. Find out where your house members are going. Make signs. Be peaceful. Don't be rude. Don't be like, don't be like a whiny liberal. Don't be you know a, a crazy snowflake. person. Don't be a snowflake. <laughs> We're not snowflakes here. Um, but show up with signs. Show up with shirts. Talk to reporters. Talk to people. Yeah. Try to find some staffers. Tell them Talk the importance of healthcare anyone, to you and right. your family. Talk to anyone you can and make sure that these senators and these representatives know exactly what's going to happen if this vote passes. Or what's going to happen if, because once this passes, it goes back to the House because it's passed the House in different forms. So they have to reconcile, which means that there's going to be another vote. So there's still more chances. We have no shot. Trump is not vetoing. That's not happening. We have to stop it in the legislature. So go get active. You know? Yeah, you literally just Google like senator phone number, and it'll pop up, and you can. There's your tons, state. and there's tons of organizations too that have tons yeah. of resources. Like moveon.org. Moveon.org. Go see moveon.org. Um, that's an amazing resource. Go see moveon.org. I'm going to tweet that out every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get emails like every single day. It's just like, we're getting on this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Moveon.org. All right. Enough about healthcare because I've vote's been postponed so we have more time to talk about that <laughs> which is great but something new which i know you're really interested in is the republican bill that would allow churches to be tax exempt and political at the exact same time that's great i love that because i mean it just doesn't make sense to me how you could possibly support that i mean when it comes to any sort of government religion shouldn't be a part of it it's that's the whole reason that America's here. Oh my god, wait. Flashback to civic stuff. <laughs> Flashback. Isn't there isn't there a constitution isn't it written into the the constitution that there's a separation of church and state? Am I imagining that? I actually like googled this and I was trying to find exactly where it says that. I was trying to find the receipt. <laughs> I I need to cite the line. <laughs> I just think it's interesting because like hold on. But no, th- this bill is ridiculous. It pretty much says that churches, um, religious organizations of any kind, of any sort, actually, I'm sorry, not of any kind, of any sort, churches. It specifies churches. So not so synagogues, mosques? not mosques. The bill specifies <laughs> churches, which has gotten heat from some Republicans and a lot of Democrats for being secular, for being secularism, for focusing on churches. And... It's because churches, <laughs> Christians, are more likely to support Republicans. Right, I mean... Whereas synagogues and mosques are not. I mean, you probably don't want to support a Republican who's trying to ban your people from country, your country. Like, right, so... America is other people's countries besides Christians. Right, and this is why we can't do this. Like, this is what the fa- this is what was in everyone's mind when they wrote the Constitution, what all the Founding Fathers thought. Like, we don't want there to be this divide between... Governments and religious organizations of any kind. And they didn't want people like the GOP, like members who are sponsoring this bill, to say, oh, churches can be politically involved, but that's it. And they yeah, can still be tax exempt, okay. and they can still be shielded, and that's fine. 
But there's a it's reason why the First Amendment is the First Amendment. Like, it's there for a reason. Right. I mean, if you're going to try and support a candidate and you're not paying taxes, like, I don't understand because then you're you're involved in the government. You can't just blabber on and be like, I support Trump, love Trump, vote for Trump. And especially when people are going to a place for, like, religious guidance, then it, they're extremely biased. Right. No taxation without representation. So That's if you want right. to be represented, if these churches and religious organizations want to support a candidate, then they better be ready to pay taxes. Because yeah. there's a lot of them. Pay up. Like here in Boca, like there are churches that are bigger than like the U.S. Capitol. Like we have, <laughs> right. a, yeah. we have massive churches here and massive cathedrals. And I promise you there's no shortfall of money in any of them. No, there's, I mean, churches get a lot of money and... They are pretty huge. I mean, they influence a lot of people's lives. Right. And I think that it's just really problematic also to just say churches. I mean, you could at least pretend like you don't want just Christians being told these messages about, like, who to vote for. Right. But instead, they're just going to be upfront about it. Yeah. But we're, well, we're not... Good. We're not They're yeah. owning it. They're owning it. They're owning the fact that only churches can be political. But we're, we're not saying the churches should be taxed because that's going to start a fight. No, of course. Obviously, not. they should only be taxed if they want to be political. If not, then they can stop. They don't have to be political. Yeah, but, but don't be political and not pay taxes. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's just not how this works. You don't get you don't get to play both sides of the team. Right, choose one. And but next we have uh, Nikki Haley. Oh yes. Nikki Haley, who actually has been flying pretty under the radar. Like she yeah, hasn't like, who been. Is she? I really. What has I she don't been up to? Much about her. This is the first time I've really seen some articles about her, but they haven't been so great. Nikki Haley <laughs> is threatening the UN and most like targeting the UN Security Council with more cuts. I love it when you target the UN because most people are like, I hate the UN, what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. It's just but, awful. So, like, I'm kind of surprised it's taken her this long. It's been five months and they just got a bill to cut $600 billion. Or, I'm sorry. They just got a, uh, an agreement to cut $600 million from peacekeeping, uh, specifically peacekeeping in Sudan. So, Nikki Haley's been doing things when we haven't been paying attention. She's doing things. She's been up to something. That's a lot of people. I mean, you just, Trump is just there, but there's a lot of people just in the background. Yeah, and Nikki, Haley, yeah, and Nikki Haley's one of them, and she has been strong, well, what's been being described as strong-arming members of the Security Council, members in the UN, that if they don't fall in line, if they don't support Republican, or they don't support her more conservative tendencies in the UN that they're going to continue to cut. And she says that $600 million from peacekeeping is not enough to be cut and more needs to be cut, not less. That sounds like blackmail. It sounds concerning on all angles, considering that like the UN is there for peacekeeping to make sure that innocent people aren't killed. Right. They're not there fighting a war. They're there to ensure that innocent people aren't killed, but Nikki Haley don't care. She don't care. <laughs> Which is it's just ironic to me because she got up in front of the UN one of her first speeches with these terrifying pictures of these kids that are being killed by chemical warfare and by, uh, you know, by leaders gone awry and militias and ISIS. Um, and she had these terrible pictures and she had these terrible stories. But it's all of a sudden like she doesn't care about the stories anymore. So long as she gets to cut the peacekeeping budget, which would help those people. 
So it's kind of like, where are your priorities? I think that's such an issue. Do you want to help those people or do you want to cut the money the UN has to help them? Like, I'm all for encouraging nations to continue their contributions. The U.S. shouldn't pocket it all. But if it's a U.S. priority, if it's her priority, if it's a U.N. priority, we need to make sure it happens. Because these are people, not political pundits. Like That's a very important point. I mean, like, at one point or another, you have to be like... You have to understand that people's lives are at stake, and it's not just a Republican-Democrat thing or a conservative or liberal thing. It's the fact that people die every day that are innocent, and they don't live in America, and they don't get to choose whether or not they're conservative and just or to, liberal. Just they're to, just people. They're just people. That They're people, they're children, they're uh, women and men of all ages that are dying, that are being captured, that are being enslaved in Sudan and all across the Middle East, all across the world. And the UN has this money to try to help them. And Nikki Haley just wants to cut it. And she says that she doesn't want to cut the program. She just believes that the U.S. Doesn't have, shouldn't have to pay as much and all this. And that the U.S. is paying too much and there's too much money involved and that there's too much uh, bureaucracy involved and there's too many people involved and all of this. And she has this whole long argument. But at the end of the day, cutting the money right now when the people are, when UN peacekeepers are trying to make a difference Cutting the money right now is going to do nothing but stop them. Like, there is no reform movement yet. If she wants to start a reform movement, great. We're all for it. But she needs to start the reform movement and then talk about money after. Because right now she's cutting money with no reforms. It is the definition of an unfunded mandate. She's removing the money from the mandate that she set out in one of her first speeches to go help these people. And now she's taking the money away. And from what I can understand, the way there's... The way it's being presented is that this agreement that the UN and the US reached, the UN member nations in the US reached, is that other countries would start to step up. But the countries that the agreement are with are countries that are fighting their own problems, and it's going to be slow for this kind of to, to kick in. And I'm really worried this is going to be butchered. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are worried. A lot of UN experts are worried that this isn't going to go down the way that they claim it is. I mean, a common theme in, like, the Trump presidency is to just cut programs that are actually helpful to people. The other (laughs) thing is, like, they're just doing it and hoping that it's going to fall into place. Like, this is kind of like something we've seen with the Trump presidency. Yeah, they're like, we'll just go for it. (laughs) We'll go for it, and then we'll figure out the details later. Because that's how government works. It's kind of crazy to me. Um, But, yeah, it's kind of, it's, so it's being called as a misguided mandate. Uh, so Nikki Haley, uh, Ambassador Haley, has, like, she's made, this has always been something. She's always tweeted about this. She's always talked about this since before she was even confirmed as part of her confirmation, um, including the fantastic part of her confirmation where she said that she hopes that she gets to the chance to educate Trump, which I still love. But... Don't we all? Don't we all wish we could educate uh, can, Trump? Can we get an update? How's that going? Because it doesn't sound too great. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm not seeing progress. No. And then the response from the UN was, you know, there's no need to panic. It was a response from multiple people. Like, no no need to panic. These cuts don't I'm come in. Tem- yeah, I'm panicking. <laughs> the cuts don't come into place yet. There's still time. The agreement is still being, you know, formalized and all of that. So it's just something to keep in mind. Like, we can't just, like, focus on Trump's tweets all the time because the government still is working. Like, Nikki Haley has said said that she doesn't, you know, wait for Trump on things, and that's clear, which means that we need to focus on 
every department of the government, because not every department of the government is going to send their messages out in Trump's tweets or in a press briefing, because those aren't happening. Right. So They're we just kind of no... doing their thing. Right. And, this and is... hoping for the best and not telling anyone. Yeah. So it's something that people need to focus on. And news, it doesn't come to top of the news because there's no outrage. Right. Like, we found this on, like, the back of a news article on Flipboard. And, like, I had to go searching for more information um, because it's just, it's not something that everyone wants to talk about. So right, right. most people are talking about healthcare. We'll be back on more on the UN and Nikki Haley because she's still up to things. She's up to things. And we're on to her. And we're on to the case. Um, but, of course, now we're coming to the end of our show, but we do have some more stuff to talk about, including Tweet of the Week. Ah, uh, yes. A very important thing. So... Of course, this is a Trump tweet. Um, It says, my use of social media is not presidential. It's modern day presidential. Make America great again. Modern day presidential. Modern day presidential is in all caps, by the way. Yes, very important because uh, it's not a Trump tweet if there's not some capitalization there. And I just want to point out to the president that he doesn't get to decide what presidential is. And not to mention, like, people say he's not presidential because of the content of his tweets. Right. And because he tweets attacking people and is not eloquent, and most of his tweets are fraud news, fake news, um, or they're attacking people's Or they're looks. abusive. Yeah, they are abusive. Um, you know. This is one, this is, I just have this one point to make. He's claiming that he gets to decide what presidential is, and he doesn't. The voters get to decide what presidential is. The people of the United States who he represents decide what presidential is. And I think it's very clear, based off polling, based off people's responses, based off the responses that he got on his Instagram, that although there is a minority of people that believe this is presidential, this is what he should continue to do, the response is that his the content of his tweets is not presidential. And you've seen backlash from Republicans, you've seen backlash from Democrats, you've seen backlash from independents of all genders, ethnicities, and backgrounds. So that just shows you this, his contents, including bashing Mika and more, and uh, Joe Scarborough. And, and everyone else on the planet. About him beating up CNN with a gif that I don't even know who was dumb enough to show him gifs. Yeah, it just who goes did to that? You, I don't know, but like it shows you that like, across party lines people are opposed to this and say that this isn't presidential and the president just doesn't get to like wave a magic wand and tweet that oh i'm presidential because i say i am Where it's is not how this wand? works what is this magic wand in his small hands it's, it's a, yeah <laughs> also the one where he talks about the fake and fraudulent news media and then he says but remember i won dot 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 like that's thank you he's obsessed he's He's obsessed obsessed with reminding people like we and everyone tweeted him back talking about electoral votes and how he didn't win the popular vote he didn't win the popular vote there is a lot of fraudulent voting going on oh my god i can't he doesn't get to (laughs) mr president please stop okay but a republican who has opposed him is our politician of the week that is Republican Senator from Nevada, Dean Heller. He is my hero for the week because <laughs> he got up this almost instantly after that health care bill, the Senate health care bill was released and he opposed it. And he pretty much left no wiggle room for Mitch McConnell to make progress on, on flipping his vote without a new bill. So props to Dean Heller. However, our 
trash person of the week <laughs> is going to be President Trump's pack. Um, who in multiple packs and the Republican leadership and their packs who have gone after Dean Heller and who have made promoted posts on Twitter, who made a promoted hashtag on Twitter, who have been making attack ads against him, who have been releasing attack ads on the internet against him, who have been trashing him. Like, this is a Republican that they're trashing. They are trashing one of their own members. And they thought that that was going to scare him into voting. Like, do they not realize he's from the state of Nevada and that's (laughs) not going to work? So he's come up for election 2018 and the polls, the three or four polls that I've seen so far show it as either a very close race or a Democratic win. And in case everyone's like, oh, but the polls are fake. Just keep in mind, a Democrat just won that seat in the last election. It went from Harry Reid to a new Democratic senator who I can't remember her name. Um, but a Democrat just won Nevada, so it doesn't mean that a Democrat can't win Nevada again, especially not with how polarized this next midterm election is going to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go Senator Dean Heller. A hero. A true angel. Yeah, one of the only sane people in the Republican Party at the moment. But on top of that, shout out to all of the senators on the Republican and Democratic sides who are opposed to this bill, who are speaking against this bill, and are trying to make a new bill including uh, Senator, uh, I'm going to forget her name now, Senator Collins, Senator uh, Caputo, I think I'm saying that name wrong, Senator, <laughs> she's the Republican senator from West Virginia, uh, Senator from Alaska, Senator Modulewski, I'm also saying that name wrong, um, and a few others who have opposed the bill, including Senator Rand Paul, Senator Ted Cruz, um, Zodiac Killer. Yeah, Zodiac Killer. <laughs> you know, so this is the other thing. Even the Zodiac Killer. Even the Zodiac Killer is opposed. <laughs> but they're all opposed for different reasons. It doesn't matter. They're still opposed. And then there's Senator Marco Rubio, who claims he's undecided. Uh, but in every, you have to be a real person every, to be undecided. <laughs> he claims he's undecided. His office claims he's undecided. Or at least that's the three statements they've made. But in every whip count, in every like published count that they have, they list him as a safe yes vote. That's because he's a snake. Which just goes to show you that the Republican leadership doesn't even believe he's a threat. That's how spineless he is. They tell him what to do and he will do it. He has no care in the world. He's an obedient snake. Well trained. Yeah, he's well trained. (laughs) And with that, I think that is it. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in later this week for the next episode of Let's Pot About It. My name's Steven. I'm Alia. Follow us on Twitter and (laughs) follow us at Twitter and we will talk to you guys later.